This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. Today, you're listening to episode 303, and I'm talking with Nicole Monette. Nicole recently placed second at the Hoka Aneane Project Carbon X2 100K. She ran a time of 7.43.18, finishing just three minutes behind first place. Nicole lives in Michigan with her husband and her three kids. She is a full-time physical therapist and she won her first ever 100-mile race that she ran this past fall in September, the Yeti 100. She won that race in a time of 16 hours and 19 minutes. I loved getting to know Nicole's story. Uh, Nicole's not someone who you see all over social media. She's a busy lady and... She runs a lot, she moms a lot, she works a lot, and so it was so fun to just get to know a new face, someone that I didn't know about. So this episode of the podcast, we have a new sponsor coming on board. You've probably seen them making waves. I'm seeing them everywhere now. It's Beam. Beam is known for their CBD products. I am a huge fan of their Dream Powder. I've been taking it before bed every single night. This warm blend is a healthy take on hot chocolate, helping your body and mind wind down for the night. This is my favorite routine. I get my kids to bed and that is the next thing I do. I have my warm cup of the dream powder. But I wanna let you all know too, they just launched their hydration line and it is so delicious. And, and the hydration line is totally non-CBD. So they have a hydration energy mix for elevating your performance. And it has a watermelon flavor. It is so delicious and just refreshing. They have a hydration collagen mix, which elevates your recovery. Also delicious. And then they have the hydration probiotic mix, which elevates balance. I have been taking all three of these and I love them. They're delicious. Their products are clean. They work. All right, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Go to beamtlc.com. Use the code ANOTHER, and that'll get you 15% off of any of their products aside from the starter pack. If you opt in for the subscription, which is already 20% off, the first month you'll also receive an additional 15% off with the code. Again, that's beamtlc.com, and use that code ANOTHER to check out well, if you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review and letting us know what you think of the show. That helps new listeners find us. And I'm so appreciative every single time I check in and there's a new review over there. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Nicole Monette. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Nicole Monette on the show. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I'm really excited to be here. How is your day going? It's 11 degrees here in Indianapolis, and I just got back from a run a little bit ago. I'm assuming you've done the same this morning. Yeah, yeah. I live in Michigan, so it's been super cold and snowy lately. And it was, yeah, it was about similar temperature here this morning, snowing a little bit. 
yeah, I went for a run this morning and then I've just been hanging out with the kids and, you know, chasing them around the house, trying to get things cleaned up. Um, that's about it. Nothing too exciting yet this morning, but. Yeah, I was super proud of myself for opting outside instead of the treadmill because these past two weeks, it's been real tempting to just stay on the treadmill. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's been some treadmill runs this week, but I figured, you know, I got to run in the light of day today and, um, you know, it was above zero. So I went outside. So. Yeah. So everybody listening, Nicole recently placed second at the Hoka Carbon X2 event. Um, but I heard you say, Nicole, that you run at like three, you get up at like 345 throughout the week. Yeah, I did Monday through Friday. That's pretty much my normal time to get up. 345. <laughs> yeah, that's it's if it doesn't happen, then it's not going to happen. So um, I've kind of gotten the routine and that's that's what it is. Yeah, it's not always easy. It's not my preferred time to get up, but um, I'm pretty used to it. Luckily, I am a morning person, but that's pushing my morning person limits. But yeah. So I'm always fascinated by people that can do that. I realize it's your only option because you work full time <laughs> as a physical therapist and you have three kids. It's kind of like you you have to do it then. I just like... Once I started having babies, I was so obsessed with like making sure I get my sleep when I could sleep. And I always found that like from three to six, like that was the frame time frame or three to five where people were actually sleeping and I could really milk that. So tell me about that process for you. Yeah. So actually all three of my kids are, have been pretty poor sleepers. Oh, wow. Um, my oldest son, who's seven, who just turned seven, he actually sleeps okay now. But when he was, you know, younger, up until at least four, he also wasn't that great of a sleeper. And now I also have a four-year-old and an almost one-and-a-half-year-old. And they're not really the best sleepers either. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I just uh, roll with it pretty much. Uh, take what I can get type of situation. Um Normally, they're all sleeping when I get up at that time to run, which is kind of why I do it then because Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry like, oh, someone's crying. Someone, you know, wants to be held. Although sometimes, you know, my daughter will get up super early in the morning and, you know, it doesn't always go perfect, but that's kind of like my sacred. I need a little bit of quiet time when I first wake up just to have no one talking to me Mm -hmm. and (laughs) no one needing anything. And that's kind of the time I can rely on where that's pretty consistent. Um, And I just, it just makes me feel better for the day if I do it. So um, yeah, that's, it's just kind of become a routine and I I don't think about it too much. I just kind of, is what it is. Just kind of do it. Yep. What time do you go to bed? Um, It varies a little bit, kind of depends when I can get all the kids down to bed. Um, we don't have like the smoothest bedtime routine at home. I love this. I love the kind of mom that you are. This is good. Well, I love following you. I have to say, because (laughs) I love just seeing like the chaos that you put up with your four boys because there is so much chaos in my household. Yeah. Um, So there's not this smooth, like, oh, we read three books Mm -hmm. and then everyone's in bed by eight. That's like not a reality. Um, so it depends when I get the kids to bed, but I would say, between like, I'd say like nine, nine thirty during the week. Okay. During the work week. Yeah. So fairly early. I mean, if I can. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing. Like once my kids are down, I want that like full hour of like whatever it is, reading, watching TV, just like 
zoning out before I fall asleep. Like I want my morning time and I want my hour nighttime. I know. That is one thing I will say that um, I don't really get. I don't get that time at night. And sometimes I do really miss it because, you know, my husband and I don't really get a chance to watch, you know, watch a show all that, you know, or something like that. Because I do kind of try to go to sleep pretty soon after they're all asleep. I'll read in bed, but that sometimes lasts like five minutes because I'm tired and I just fall asleep. But yeah, I guess that's the sacrifice there is I, you know, I know I can't go to bed at 11 and make that work because I just would, I would crumble with that little amount of sleep. Yes. Um, Okay, Nicole, I want to read you um, your sister. I don't know if you know this, but your sister, Laura. (laughs) Yeah. Did you know she She did this? Okay. Yeah, she told me afterwards, by the way. I love it so much. So she left me a review on my podcast. And I, by the way, everybody listening, I, I, even though they come in few and far between these days, I just feel like it's like, People don't leave reviews as much. Who thinks to do that? But I checked my reviews the other day and Laura says, love listening to your show and the wide variety of guests you have on. Just finished listening to the podcast with a second place finisher of the Hoka Anayane Carbon X race. Have you thought about interviewing the second place finisher of the (laughs) women's side? Nicole Monette. She is a full-time PT, mom of three, who is a fellow Midwesterner residing in Michigan, also happens to be my sister. (laughs) I love it. She told told me that after. She's like, oh yeah, by the way, did you (laughs) listen to Lindsay's new podcast with um, Raj Paul? And I was like, no, I haven't listened, but I saw it was up and I'm going to, I'm excited to listen to it. She's like, yeah, well, I kind of wrote her a message and uh, mentioned that she should have you on. And I was like, oh, you did. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, she did tell me that she did that. And when I told her that um, you guys contacted me this week. She was like, oh, I'm so excited. Well, I love that she did it that way because sometimes people do send emails and request guests and I, I, I almost always take those into consideration, but I was like, what a creative way to suggest somebody, like leave the review and be like, by the way. Yeah, I know. Which, I was like, all right, well. <laughs> I should have thought oh, about yeah. that anyway. And man, Raj Paul was such a fun interview, but then it's like, oh, you're like the mom of three. You work full time. It's so my in my lane to interview yeah. you so this is super fun and thank you Laura for for doing that yeah thank you to my sister we're we're really close so it was pretty funny that she did that does she run too she runs as well yeah and she has two little kids that are right around two of my kids age so it all works well we uh kind of having our kids growing up together is pretty so cool fun so but you're from Michigan and you live or sorry you're from Pennsylvania and you live in Michigan now and I heard you say your family lives close so did your family move to Michigan too yeah so it's kind of funny I was born in Michigan actually um but I only lived here until I was like in second grade and okay. then we moved to Pennsylvania for my dad's job and I lived there like through college I went to college in Pennsylvania and then I moved back to Michigan uh, to run for the Hanson's Brooks uh, Distance Project for a little while, and I ended up meeting my husband here, um, which is why I'm still here like 10 years later. Um, My sister and her family just recently moved to Michigan in June, and they did move here to be near us because we're so close, and um, you know, they didn't really, they were living in Virginia, and they didn't really have any family there, so they wanted to kind of be near us. So it's been really awesome, but it's still somewhat new to have to be living in the same state with her again. So man, convincing someone to move to Michigan from Virginia, I'm just thinking because of the coldness, yeah. it'd be hard it's to a convince. hard sell. <laughs> yeah. Hard sell. Yeah. Virginia is really beautiful. So this is, uh, 
they're experiencing a real winter this winter. So and no hate on Michigan, like Michigan. I know parts of Michigan are super beautiful too, but I it's it's solely the temperature thing that I'm talking about. Living in Indiana, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I don't I don't prefer winter at all, (sighs) but um, I just survive it pretty much. Okay, Nicole, so you mentioned you moved to Michigan to run with Hanson's Brooks a little bit. I know you ran in college um, and you went to school to be a physical therapist. That's what you do now. Um, Mm -hmm. Share with us a little bit about that Hanson's Brooks experience. Yeah, so um, I moved here in 2010, I guess it was, right after I graduated from physical therapy school to run with um, Hanson's. And obviously I was, you know, running marathons and stuff at the time. I had had some success at that on the roads and qualified for the uh, 2012 Olympic trials. And so I moved here just to kind of train for that and see, see how that went. Um, I really enjoyed the time that I ran for them. Unfortunately, I had quite a few injuries and just really couldn't stay super healthy at the time. Um, And so you know, I just kind of made the decision about a year or so after moving here that it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't really working out. My body couldn't handle it. I kept getting, you know, some pretty serious stress fractures and injuries. And I was just kind of burned out from all of that. So I decided to, um, you know, take a little break, let the body heal. And I just, you know, didn't want to train at quite that high of a level anymore. Um, but at that time I had already met Patrick, who's now my husband. So I stayed here and was just working as a physical therapist and, and we were dating and then, um, you know, we got married and, you know, started a life here together. What, where did you meet? What were you doing? Um, I was, so at the time that we met, I was running for the, uh, Hansons. Um, we actually met, uh, online, um, and just like randomly, um, and so we just started dating that way, kind of a blind date, really. And we just hit it off right away. Like Facebook online or like were you actually on like Match? Or- yeah, like it was um, eHarmony, actually. Okay, that's <laughs> so awesome. It sounds, sounds so old old now. but eHarmony, um, yeah. I'm like eHarmony sounds like one that like my my father-in-law is dating now because my mother-in-law passed away a few years ago. eHarmony sounds like, oh, that's the one he would use. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So yeah, we met that way. And it's kind of funny because we had also, I, when we set up the first date, um, I recognized him because I was working in the running stores here at the time. That's kind of what you do when you're on the Uh Hanson's team. And I had met him in the running store with his grandma who, um, Oh, that's too good. Yeah, it was super cute. And I was working with a friend of mine and we were both like, Oh, you know, he's, he's attractive. You know, (laughs) both of us were single at the time. And I was like, yeah. And he was so sweet with his grandma, but I didn't think much of it. And literally like I was doing a little bit of the eHarmony dating at the time. And, um, we, you know, he contacted or matched whatever it is. And, it, it ended up working out. So I love that you saw him in the running store with yeah. his grandma. Yeah. And his grandma like ended up, I mean, he, she was such a huge part of our lives. I oh. mean, she's was the awesomest lady. She passed away about two years ago, but she lived until almost nine, 94 wow. plus. So yeah, she was really awesome. And so it's just a funny story. Okay. But. What were the things on his profile that made you, when you matched like that, you were like, okay, I'm into that. Well, I definitely recognized him from when I met him that day in the store. So that was kind of funny. And then 
I don't know. I mean, I thought he was handsome for sure. And then, you know, I saw he was kind of into running uh-huh. and I knew he was into, you know, just similar interests, I guess. And we're similar in age. Um, so, you know, it was just like, why not, you know, That's meet so up. That's so good. And, yeah. Yeah. I heard you say that he run, he can run at a similar pace as you, that he must be pretty fast then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we ran like a 50 K together this summer, just not a race, but just together for fun. Um, we're pretty similar in pace. He's never done the really long stuff. Um, he 50 K is the longest he's ever gone. Um, so I'd say up to like 50 K we're, we're similar. He could probably beat me in a short race and then maybe over 50 K I might, I might take him, but (laughs) yeah, we're, we could train together if we had time, but because of kids, we, we don't run together very much. Right. That's so hard. When you go run at 345 or so you get up at 345, do you start running at like 430? Are you the kind of person that needs more time or you just get out the door? Yeah. No, I need like 40 minutes. I need my coffee. Mm -hmm. I kind of have my quiet time in the mornings where I do a little journaling. I read like my devotionals and things like that and have my coffee. I need to wake up. So I'd say like 40, 45 minutes and then I'm out the door. So yeah, 4.30 is about when I'll start my run. So Um, Okay, well back to when you ran with Hanson's, um, you were running there when Des was running there. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I felt like I was running with my, well, I was kind of running with one of my running idols, you know. Um, But, I mean, I know you've had Des on several times, so it goes without saying she's super cool, and Mm -hmm. she is in real life, too. Um, So it was a great experience. I mean, I got to run with her and a lot of other fast ladies and kind of learn from them and um, become friends with them over the time. And it, it was awesome. I mean, Des is really cool. She's a super hard worker. Uh, so I've been cheering for her ever since, but yeah, it, you know, well, she's probably cheering for you too. I'm sure that she saw, you know, what went down at the Hoka event and everything. And that was probably cool for her to see, you know, no, probably knowing that you, you know, took some time off to have babies and are kind of doing yeah. your own thing and you kind of come out and, do this yeah. race. I know that wasn't your inaugural wi- um, like ultra distance race or anything like that or high placing, but it was definitely that race was definitely very visible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's pretty cool to be, you know, I'm 35. So to be 35 and to like sign like a sponsorship for the first time for ultras, it's kind of like, wow, I never thought this would happen at, you know, not that I'm old or anything, but you know what I mean at at 35 and, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So tell us about that sponsorship. Like, were you seeking a sponsorship? Your coach kind of connected you. What did that look like? Yeah, no, I wasn't seeking a sponsorship at all. Really. I ran, um, my first hundred miler this fall in September at the Yeti 100 in, in Virginia. And, um, that went pretty well. And, uh, after that I was just, you know, talking to Pat Reagan on, um, he said, Hey, um, I was talking to Mike McManus, who is like the Hoka, um, I don't know his official title. I think the global director or something of Hoka. Um, he's like, I was talking to Mike at the Havelina hundred mile and he's looking for some more like hundred K to hundred mile ladies, <clears throat> Um, to possibly do this Carbon X event. And I, he's like, I threw your name out there. Would you be interested in it? And 
I was like, oh, wow. Like I never, you know, well, I didn't even know what was happening and I never would have thought, um, that I would be able to do that kind of thing. So, but, so of course I was like, yeah, I'd be interested if, you know, if they're interested and that's kind of got the ball rolling. And, um, from there, like Patrick gave Mike, my, my contact info and he contacted me, um, about doing the event and then about just running for Hoka for the year. So it was pretty, it was like out of nowhere. I never saw it coming and I was never seeking anything like that. I was just running, um, because it's something I love to do. So that's so cool. Hoka's definitely, they're kind of making a splash right now. They're, they're very visible right now. Yeah, they're really a cool company too. I it mean, seems like it. Yeah, doing this event in Arizona, I've never really done anything like that, and um, it was really cool. And everyone with Hoka was super nice and inviting, and um, just really welcoming. And they treated us like great. So it was kind of a, it's like, is this really happening? Is this real life? Um, but it was pretty cool. Hey friends, a quick break. I want to let you know that I recently started a parenting podcast. Okay. It was kind of scary because I'm so comfortable here with all have another, but I found myself out for a run, constantly wanting to have conversations with other parents where I could learn and I could also share useful information with other parents. I know this thing, this parody thing, it's hard. And so if I can help be a resource to other parents, that is my biggest hope for this show, okay? So what I'm going to do here real quick is I'm just going to give you a rundown of some of my favorite episodes over there. So that way when you go to the feed, you're not overwhelmed and you can just say, okay, I'm going to start here. Well, first of all, if you're into running, check out my episodes with Katie Arnold. In episode nine, we talk about raising adventurous kids. And then she came back on episode 15 and we talked about nurturing a love for sport and play. Some other episodes I highly recommend, episode 11, Rosalia Rivera. She is from Consent Parenting. And in that episode, we talk about empowering our kids to protect themselves against abuse. There are so many good ones over there, honestly, but a couple more. Episode 19, Ralphie Jacobs. Her Instagram is simply on purpose. And in that episode, we talk about looking for the good in our kids and how we have the power to change our behavior as the parent. One of the messages from that episode, Ralphie says, I want children to learn to love, to behave well, and for them to be solution finders, self-driven, confident, and resilient. The most important thing I can teach parents is for them to learn how to look for what's good in their children. We also have episodes with Wendy Snyder about redirecting behavior. Go check it out. You won't be disappointed. Oh, and our most downloaded episode over there is episode eight, and that is with Miranda Anderson, and it's about having less stuff and more adventure in your life. Again, that's my new podcast. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Check it out. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Nicole Monette. So the Yeti was your first 100 miler. You win the race. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. A pretty cool experience too. Um, yeah, I never actually run over 50 miles before that day. Um, I was going to do a hundred K. Yeah, I was going to do a hundred K in prep for it. But of course with everything was canceled last year because of COVID, I didn't really do any of the prep races that I had planned on. And 
luckily Yeti still happened at the end of September. So, um, so I knew I was doubling the distance that I had ever ran, which was pretty scary. Um, but I felt really well prepared and, um, I just went into it with a positive attitude, just figured, you know, I just want to have fun. Um, my husband was there, my kids were there. My mother-in-law came along to help with the kids because, um, Man, your kids my are husband. little. Yeah. And Patrick ran with me for a little bit of it. Um, my husband paced me for about 37 or 38 miles of That's it. So, so cool. that, that was a really cool experience. We had never done anything like that. And it was just one of those good days where I felt, um, I felt pretty good. I mean, of course there were high and low moments over the course of a hundred miles. It, it wasn't easy. That's for sure. But, um, it, it went about as well as I could have hoped. And, um, yeah, I wasn't sure how, what that would land me, but I was super happy with my time and, and of course the place and everything. Okay. So I have so many questions about this race. Where was it? <laughs> um, it was in Damascus, Virginia. Okay. So it was, yeah. And it, um, it rained like <laughs> the entire time. Oh, so gosh. The, yeah. The weather was not ideal. It was, and I mean like a pouring down, oh, not like a light gosh. drizzle. <laughs> so it pretty much poured from, you know, the beginning of the race, probably until I got to about mile 70 or 80, it rained. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I was gosh. just soaked like within the first five minutes. Um, did you, did you, was it at least kind of warm out? It was warmish to the point where I wore like shorts and a jet, like a rain jacket. Okay. And I wasn't, I wasn't freezing. I, I was able to stay as long as you were moving, mm -hmm. you know, you were able to stay fairly comfortable. I got kind of cold at one point in the race. Um, when I stopped at an aid station and I was kind of worried cause I started shivering a little bit and I'm like, Oh, you know, this, this could be bad if I can't warm up. Um, but I started running again and I was able to warm up again and it did stop raining like the last probably couple hours of the race, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it was super rainy. Uh, but it was like on kind of a rail trail type race. So it was fairly, um, it was fairly flat and, it wasn't technical or anything. So that was good. Okay. So what was your time? It was 16 hours wow. and 19 minutes. I think. Yeah. Wow. Um, how many pairs of shoes did you go through? And, and you like, I'm assuming you looked at the forecast. So you knew like this is going to yeah. be a race where I need lots of shoes. Well, I did change my shoes only once. And wow. honestly, I, I probably could have just skipped changing them because the minute I changed them, they just got wet again. So yeah, it was kind of, kind of pointless, but I did try switching them once. Um, my feet definitely took a beating. That was what was I the bet. most, most painful after the race. And for like the week after the race, I got a lot of blisters like under my toenails and around my toes and they were pretty painful for a little bit. But, um, other than that, I recovered pretty well from it. Okay. I'm just in my head. I am trying to picture the race. So what time does the gun go off? I believe it was about 5 a.m. It was okay. dark. Yeah. So yeah, it was 5 a.m. And so I finished. It was earlier than I thought I was going to finish. It was probably nine something. That's kind of nice. It's not even like the middle of yeah. the night yet. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I get to go home. The go, full go day. Back to our Airbnb. Yeah. yeah. Actually like go to sleep or, you know, see, see the kids and that kind of thing. So and that then was nice. What miles did your, I know he did 37 miles with you, but where at in the race was that? 
so he jumped in for two different segments. So he did, let me think. Um, I think, yeah, he ran with me from mile 46 to uh, 64. Oh, and then he spot. actually, yeah. And then he, he w- left and he um, like went, helped his mom mm-hmm. give the kids dinner and yep. everything. And then he met me back out there for the last segment of the race, which was like a nine mile, nine miles out, nine miles back. So he ran the last 18 with me, which was awesome. Oh, it was really nice. great. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really great to have him there because it was getting dark and, you know, it's the end of the race. So it's, it was nice to have someone to talk to and just push me along. So, um, well, cause some of the longer ones, they let you have pacers like the beginning, but like the last bit they don't. Right. Yeah. I think every race is a little bit different what they allow, but, um, they had like a certain spot you were allowed to get your pacer. You weren't allowed to have pacers for the first like bit, but after that, like I think after mile 46, you could have a pacer or or multiple pacers. So um, originally he was maybe only going to run with me for that first, like the 46 to 64. But um, we were talking during that segment and I'm like, well, if you want to come out and, you know, do the last 18, I, that would be be mad about it. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have to though. Don't feel like you have to. And he was, he was all about it. He definitely wanted to. So so good. And And you know, at that point he's not, it's a slow, at that point I've slowed down quite a bit. So it's a pretty slow run for him. So it's not, you know, it wasn't hard for him to, to keep up or anything. So, but 37 miles, I mean, he has to be pretty fit to be able to jump in for that much yeah and he is pretty fit he's kind of gotten he got more into running actually after we had our third baby um I he read this is funny my daughter was born six weeks early oh wow and she was in yeah and she was in the NICU for a couple weeks and so we were sitting in the NICU a lot for a couple weeks and there's not a whole lot to do there and I I had him read um Scott Jurek's, Jurek's book, North. Okay. Um, yep. And I just thought he would like it. So I'm like, you know, I suggested it and got it from the library and he read it. And I don't know, he kind of got inspired by that book. And after um, reading that, I mean, he had always run, but more just for fitness, you know, maybe like 30, 40 miles a week. Um, and after that, he kind of got more into it and he's been running more since then and really having fun with it. And he's done a couple 50 Ks now and it's kind of cool. We've been able to kind of connect over it. So I love that. I read that book in the hospital too. I wasn't in the I NICU. think I remember hearing yeah. that on one of your podcasts. Yeah, it's a good book. So. After my, I think it was after my fourth. Um, and my husband had gone home because, you know, like the more kids you have, the more your husband, your yeah. partner or whatever is like, you got to go like take care of the kids. I'll be here yeah. by myself. <laughs> yeah. Like the other kids need you. So. Yes. I yeah. think that we had help the night, like the day I was like giving birth. But after that, it was well, and especially when you have three little ones at home. It's like that's a lot to ask someone else to take care of. Like when we had the one and then the two, but with oh, three yeah. at home that are all also so young still, it's kind of like nobody really wants to take that. Yeah. On. And not for too long. <laughs> two you know? full nights. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. So we were kind of doing the same thing when she was in the NICU. We'd take kind of uh-huh. shifts. You know, one of us would go sit with her there and the other one would be taking care of the boys at home because the boys were only you know five and three when she was born they were little still yeah they are they're still pretty little so it's um yeah we kind of had to split that up too so 
I, I feel like as a, as because I have so many kids, when I interview another mom, I always <laughs> ask like so many more detailed questions about people's kids than other podcasts might. Um, but now I'm curious, how much did she weigh if she was six weeks early? Okay, so I have a history of having pretty big babies. Okay, so that's, that's <laughs> nice was, then if she was six weeks yeah. early. She wasn't big, but for being six weeks early, she was already like five pounds. Oh, that's so, big. Yeah. Yeah. For, she, for a my, six week early baby. Yeah. My second son, Jacob, when he was born, he was nine, six. Wow. So, yeah. And my other son was three weeks early and he was already like seven, one. So he was a normal size. Yeah. But if he would have gone three more weeks, he would have been, you know, in that eight, nine pound range probably. So, yeah. wow. so that was a good thing that she was, you know, bigger than than the average 34 weeker probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it mostly yep. lung development that they were keeping her in the NICU for? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was mostly breathing. And then, you know, when they're having trouble breathing, when they're so tiny, then they can't eat very well. So she, she did lose weight and she wasn't gaining any weight for a little bit. So she, they had to get that going and then the breathing. But luckily she was there about two weeks and then we were able to take her home and she's been completely healthy ever since so wow my first baby was only six pounds so like well he was six four but I and he was on all my kids have been on time or like a week late <laughs> but I'm like man if he was six weeks early he would have been like three pounds probably tiny, tiny. yeah yeah because yeah. they grow so much in those last couple weeks absolutely yeah she would have been she would have been a big girl so I mean this she's is, big now yeah <laughs> so. is she yeah, she's at like all my kids are like 99 percentile for height and uh -huh. weight and everything. So and she is, too. So she caught right up. I'm this is one of the reasons I'm so fascinated with your story, though, is like your kids really are like still really little. I mean, she's not even mm -hmm. two yet. So to be yeah. running 100 miles and running so fast in this 100K, it's like, I mean, she's little still. So she, she I, is. Yeah, I have a very supportive husband. Yeah, so that's. That's a big part of it. I have to give him a lot of credit. That's awesome. um, uh, he, you know, he is really supportive of everything that I do. Um, uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not easy. That That's where it comes back to the 345 wake ups because I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to take away the time really that I have with them because I do work as well. So um, I never like run doubles or anything. Don't. I don't. No, I don't run in the afternoon. It's always once a day. Um, on the weekends, I'll run a little later than I do during the week, but I still get out like fairly early in the morning on the weekends just so that we have our whole weekend day together. Um, so I try not to take away from family time too much with it. And um, But like I said, I couldn't do it without my husband. I mean, he's, you know, he's always been supportive of me and he loves coming to the races and most races he brings the kids with with and shuttles them around to the aid stations which is no easy task with no, them so uh, -uh. uh actually this carbon x event was the first time i ever traveled to a race without my family so it was actually really hard i i wondered I mean, yeah yeah it was um I don't know. It sounds good, you know, sometimes <laughs> to get away for a couple days and just have that time. And in some ways it can be, but, um, I really miss them. I, mm. it was, uh, it was strange just cause we had to get there at least we had to get there by Wednesday and the race was on Saturday because of COVID testing and everything. Um, so it was 
for me a while to be away from, from everybody. And I just almost didn't know what to do with myself because I'm used to being so busy. And, you know, I had a couple days where there wasn't a whole lot going on prior to the race. And, um, I did miss them a lot and I missed having them there with me. So I like them as my little support crew. What did you do? Did you have people you were hanging out with? Did you read a lot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read some, I read more than I normally get to do. Um, I didn't, I mean, I hung out a little bit, but there wasn't a ton of hanging out going on because it was, there was some restrictions with the COVID stuff. Um, so yeah, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I, there was a lot of free time. So yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, I'd go for my run and there was a few like Hoka events that we did and things like that. And, um, walked around, it was a beautiful area and I, I did read and everything, but I did find myself really missing them and I was excited to get back home to them. Isn't that so, so weird? You get away yeah. and you're like, I'm so excited for some alone time, some free time. But then you're like, well, what do I do? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it, it was strange. It's like the minute you're there, you're like, well, I, I miss them. And then I you're think like, I'm going to call them. FaceTime them. <laughs> yeah. So I FaceTime them a lot. And, you know, um, but, you know, I couldn't have done it again. Like my husband, I felt bad that he oh, had all uh-huh. three kids on his own. There's always he's, that. He's more than willing and his parents help us out too. But um, my kids are pretty chaotic. So uh-huh. it's no easy, t- it's no easy task. So, you know, it's like my father-in-law's in town this weekend and he will watch them so we can like today um, after this interview, we're going to go to Costco, just the two of us, which is amazing. It's like, oh, what yeah. a treat. <laughs> go to Costco alone. Um but they are so wild. And especially on the weekends, we're trying really hard to just keep them off of iPads or any sort of technology, especially because with e-learning, they're on they're on it so much more. Um, oh, yeah. My kids are back in school, but they've had some snow days so that, you know, they're doing the iPad school. But it's like, man, you see how and why it's so easy to just let them do it because they're quieter. They're less rowdy. Oh, yeah. Like they yep. were all everywhere wrestling screaming earlier and I'm like oh I know if I just gave in and let them sit on a video game or you know whatever Mm -hmm. it would be quiet here but I know that I don't want them to do that so I just let them be wild oh I have the same struggles we don't even like we purposely don't own an iPad because of that but then my oldest son is in first grade so they gave him to for school right yeah yep Yep. So then it's always like he brings it home and, you know, it has all the normal apps on it. It does. It has YouTube. YouTube. Makes me so mad. You know, kids and their YouTube, like, you know. Yeah, it's restricted YouTube. Like, they've definitely put some restrictions with the school, but, like, it's still YouTube. Yeah. And so we do the same thing. Like, (sighs) I try so hard to, you know resist letting him get on the iPad and we try not to do much of it at all on the weekends and don't get me wrong I mean my kids do watch some TV and everything but I try not to it's like I gotta limit it because it is easy to just put it on and you know because then it's quiet something done Yeah. yeah but um I'm the same way. I don't want them on screens all the time. And it's extra hard in the winter because it's so it's cold. So, especially, and, yeah. I know. Yeah. I like, I'm I'm more okay with them just like watching TV or having the TV on than I am with them staring at the screen. Oh, me too. Yeah. There's something about when I take the device away that the behavior is just not good. Whereas the TV, I don't have as much of a problem. And a lot of times when they're watching TV too, they'll like get up and Do play other around. Things. Yeah. Exactly. So that doesn't yeah. bother me near yeah. as much. 
Yeah, the TV, like, inspires them to, like, play with their dinosaurs yes. or their superheroes or whatever. And then, but the iPad, it's Just like you take stare. it away and they're, like, in a bad mood yes. and they're mean. And, and then I'm yelling back like this is why I don't let you watch the uh, iPad it's just not a good cycle it's not and we're the same um, as you like we didn't have iPads until the school thing and I I've been super dramatic about it like (laughs) I'll be like these iPads are ruining our family and my husband's like calm down like oh yeah but he hates them too yeah yeah We've all had those moments. So, yeah, uh, I'm the same way. I can't wait for spring when we can just get back outside. outside. And, yeah, it's it's much better. And then they're not making a mess of the house all day. And Yes, because yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. Then the house gets messier because they're not yeah. looking. Oh, absolutely. It's supposed to be 45 and sunny here on Wednesday. That's amazing. I need to look at the forecast. I'm like, because it's going to feel like summer. Yes, it is. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, Okay. So I know we detoured a little bit, but I do get excited about just talking to another mom. I like mom stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. Okay. To finish back up the Yeti race, you win that race. Your husband finishes it with you. Um, I'm curious in your first hundred miles, did you have any like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, the first time you've run a hundred miles, you'd never run over 50. Did you have any moments of like, how the hell am I going to do this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially like leading into the race. You're Mm. just like, oh, my gosh, like, what did (laughs) what did I sign up for? How am I going to run for, you know, 16, 18, 20 hours, whatever it's going to be. So, yeah, I was pretty nervous heading into it. And um, there were moments in the race, too, where you're like, oh, my gosh, I just ran a 50K and I still have 70 miles to run. Um, but like all day I was just like, I'm just going to keep moving forward, Mm -hmm. you know, just one foot in front of the other walk if I need to, that type of thing. Um, and it actually went by fairly, fairly quickly. I think I went through like one patch between like 60 some and eight and mile 80 where I was feeling kind of low and just like, Oh man, I'm really tired. I still have a good amount left. And then when I picked my husband back up at the end, I kind of was re-energized. So, um, yeah, it, it went by faster than I thought it would. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I guess it just shows you're more capable than in my mind. I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And then, you know, somehow you are able to do it. What were you eating? Um, so I started the race with kind of the normal like gels and stuff like that. And then I got sick of gels at some point about halfway through probably. And I started supplementing with real food from the, from the tables and whatever looked good, pretty much like potato chips, Mm -hmm. some trail mix, whatever looked good. And then caffeine, definitely like some soda or pop and that kind of thing. Just pretty much whatever, whatever looked somewhat appealing. I would just try to eat every 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I have like a timer set on my watch. So every time it went off, I just made sure I ate something. Did you have any stomach issues? I really didn't. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't typically have a lot of stomach issues or I haven't yet. Uh Um, So that's a, that's a blessing because that can turn your day bad really fast. Yes. Did you hear Raj Paul say he had seven bathroom stops? I did. I was like, and that was the thing with Carbon X that I was worried about, but I got so lucky that I, I never went to the bathroom once during that race. So that was pretty, normally on my long runs, I have to stop at least once or twice for a quick bathroom yeah. break. But um, 
I did not stop. Not in one that time. Race. No, not one time. So that was pretty, pretty cool. And my stomach felt really good in that race oh, too. So that so awesome. helps. Yeah. Um, one more boring fueling question. What do you drink? I'm actually more of just uh, like at the Carbon X event, I just did a gel every 30 minutes and then just water throughout. Okay. I, I'm not wild about sports drinks. They, they tend to upset my stomach mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but in the longer stuff, like the 100 miler, I do supplement. I drink mostly water, but I will supplement with like um, Coke or mm. Mountain like Pop. That's so. why I love ultra running so much. It's like, give me some Coke. Yeah. Like, Coca-Cola, like, not t- Coke. <laughs> yeah, it tastes so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll drink that for the sugar and the caffeine, you know, when I need it. But other than that, mostly water. Okay. So let's speed up to Hoka now. I did the same thing with Raj Paul. I was like, we, we haven't even talked about the event yet. It's 45 <laughs> minutes in. Um, but it's different when you haven't interviewed someone else before. Yeah. You know, because I don't know, you know, we haven't caught up right. on the rest of your story, which I know there's so much more than we've covered. But um, you ran 743, which is, is pretty fast. And you were only three minutes behind the winner. Talk about your feelings going into this race. Oh, man. So... Um, I was super nervous going into this race. Actually, I'd say I was nervous for, I was pretty anxious about it for like (laughs) a couple weeks, I would say before, um, I started getting kind of the feelings like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) I don't kind of the, I don't belong here type Mm. feelings, you know, because there's all these, there's Camille Heron, Mm -hmm. there's all the Jim Walmsley, all these athletes that, um, are so good. And, you know, they do this, like they're really professional runners. And I started thinking like, I don't know if I belong here. Like I, I just kind of build it up in my head and was pretty nervous about it. Um, and then we had a meeting like a day or two before the race, just with the ladies and the pacers and everything. And everyone was kind of saying like what pace they planned to go out at. And the pace I planned to go out at was definitely like the slowest out of the group. What was um, it? Which I, which I, I was planning to go out at like seven twenty, seven twenty five pace, which okay. I did go out a little faster than that. Um, but you know, that was like, I thought, Oh, that's about as good as I would want to go out, you know? And you know, you hear everyone else is going out at whatever pace, but it's all faster. So I was pretty nervous, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to try to follow my plan, you know, as best as I can and just, just, you know, do the best I can. I thought that on an A plus day, I wanted to break 745. So I was pretty much right where I thought I, I thought that would be like my A plus day. Um, and then my B goal was kind of to be under eight hours. So that's kind of where I thought I could be. Um, but I didn't think I'd get second and it was pretty cool because I did start out, uh, in last for a while. Oh yeah. I was, I was definitely the last one. I mean, I was kind of running with one other person for a while, but like I was how definitely long's a while, like half of the race, like 50. Wow. And sorry, yeah. how many women were in it? Um, so there only ended up being like, there was like six pacers and six people that were planning on going the whole way. Okay. So there were like 12 women that actually were running, but you were way in the back. Um, you were Yeah. Yep. And I was going faster than I planned on. So I planned on going through like the marathon and maybe like three hours and 15 or 16 minutes. And I think we went through in like 307. Mm. So I was still like kind of going faster than I was 
I felt good, but I was like, oh, this could, you know, this might bite me later. Um, but I just rolled with it and I just kind of kept steady all day and I, I felt really good and I kind of just kept going. And then I, you know, was able to pass some people as the race went on because, you know, in long things, you know, people come back to you a lot of the time. So I was super excited. I, I didn't even know I was that close to the first place, um, girl, really. I didn't realize how, how little the gap had gotten by the end, but, um, I was, I was really excited with it. Yeah. Because were there people on the sidelines giving you any sort of Intel on how close you were getting? Not really. Not, I mean, there were people cheering and everything, but there was no one, I never got like any Intel, like, Hey, you might be able to catch her or you're, you're gaining ground. And I couldn't really see her. So it wasn't like, um, you know, I wasn't sure how exactly how far ahead she was of me. Um, so, but I don't think I would have caught her anyways, but it's pretty cool that the gap was closing like that at the end. Yeah. It kind of makes you wish, I wish I would have known a little bit. I know. Could I have kicked it up a little bit? You always wonder, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I was pretty ecstatic with, with the time and, um, definitely the place as well. So what, what does 743, what, what was the average pace there? Um, I believe the average pace was, Oh, I might be saying it wrong. It was like 720 something. Okay. So like way faster than your 745 goal. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty happy with it. So yeah. Yeah. And so what was um, like, what was the atmosphere like with being a part of, you know, Jim coming so close to the world record? And did you, yeah. and, and was it like lapped? So did you get, did you get mm-hmm. to see him as he was like, yeah. crawling to that, like crawling at that? Um, I, it was laps. It was nine laps of the same. It was around like between, it was about a seven mile loop lap. Um, so you could see people at different spots when they were kind of coming the opposite direction of you. And of course I saw him when he like lapped me, (laughs) um, but I didn't get to see him finish, but it was, it was such a cool event. I mean, they had, you know, like drones following you and they had a big screen where you could see yourself running in at the end and yeah, it was really cool. And, um, it was just, yeah, it was really neat to be part of such a, such a cool event with him, you know, coming so close to that world record and smashing the American record. And, um, like I said, I felt like over my head even being there, but it was awesome. What's the American record for women in the hundred K? Do you know? Um, I believe it's right around seven hours. Okay. Flat. Yeah, because I think Camille has the second best time, which I believe her best is like 7.08. I could be a little off, but it's somewhere around there. Um, and my one of my goals for this race was to get on the, the top 10 all-time U.S. women's list for the 100K, which I was able to do. So I was super excited about that, too. Okay, and what did it put you at? I should know, but I don't. Oh, that's okay. I believe I'm number nine. Okay. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's, what's the goal now? Are you still sit, sitting in this or do you have your height sight set on something? Yeah, I'm, I am going to run, I'm signed up to run the Canyons 100 K in April, which is in California. It's on the Western States course. Um, 
so that's way different. Uh, I like, as you know, I live in the Midwest, so it's not super hilly or mountainous here. Um, and this race has like a lot of vertical gain and it's a trail race. So, but I want to kind of test myself with something a little different. Um, it is a golden ticket race to get into Western States. Um, you know, I think I haven't ever run a race with like nearly as much, uh, elevation change and everything that the canyons will have. Um, so I'm not sure how it will go, but I just want to go out there and, and see the Western States course and kind of experience it and, uh, just see where, where it lands me. So that's kind of the next thing I'm training for, which is at the end of April. End of April. Okay. And you'll have to remind me, is it top two or top three that get a golden ticket? It's top two. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's, you know, if someone in the top two already is into the race or doesn't want to accept their ticket, they'll go all the way to top five, but you do have to be the top two, um, you know, the top two that want to get in. If it's only the top two, then it will just be the two. So, okay. And then it was canceled last year. Do you feel certain that it'll happen this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel certain, you know, cause I sure. think they're still trying to get the, uh, permits to be able to hold it. So I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that it will, but you know, who knows it, it could get canceled. So we'll have to see. Cause these golden tickets, would it have to be for this year or could you use it for the next year? Like, um, I think that if you got one this year, I think that you'd be able to use it to the next year. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, that's I a quick so. turnaround because Western States is June, right? Oh yeah. Well, no. So if Western States happen this year and I, I earned the ticket in April, I think, yeah, I have to use it this year. So it would be a quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah but you'll be training in so, a way that like, you know, that that could be a possibility. Right. And you know, I don't even really think like... I mean, I think it would take a perfect, perfect day for yeah. me to get a golden ticket. I won't be super disappointed if I don't get a golden okay. ticket. Um, it's kind of like, go out there, see how you do, see how you like that type of race. Mm-hmm. If by some reason I earn a golden ticket, that would be awesome. But if I don't, I'm totally okay with that too. I do someday want to run Western States for sure. So I just want to get some more experience to kind of get me there. And if it's not this year, that's totally fine. But I would like to run it within the next few years if I can. So do you have any intel on like who else is going to be at the Canyon race competing? Uh, I haven't. No, I mean, I could look on like ultra signup.com. They have a list of like who's registered as of now, at least. Um, I haven't really di- dove into that too much. I'm sure it's going to be super competitive, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but that's one of the other things is like, you know, going into the Hoka race, it's like everybody probably assumed Camille would win, but she had to drop. So it's like you don't you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. So no matter it, who's there. true, too. Yeah. Sometimes I can get into my own head with like, oh, man, look at all these people, yeah. you know, and. And sometimes I think it's better to just not really know and yeah. just go do your best because that's what you're going to end up doing anyway. And if that lands me 15th, that's good. And if it lands me second, that would be awesome. But I just want to go out there and, you know, at least I'll be able to see some of the Western States course and go out to California and that will be fun. And um, my husband and daughter are going to come along. Oh, so nice. I'm excited for that. Yeah. So a lot easier to get someone to watch the big two. Yes. And just bring her <laughs> yeah, she, she's a handful. So we'll bring her along and see if we survive the plane trip with her. Yeah, I found that's the hardest age to get like family 
like free family babysitters is the toddler age. It's like once my kids are four and up, my mom will take them anytime. But when they're toddlers and babies, it, we got a real limited window here of when you, how long <laughs> people harder. will watch them for. Yeah. Like my husband's parents are great. I can't say enough good things about them. And they would honestly take all three for us without, mm. I mean, they definitely would, but it's a handful, all three it's of them. Lot. And I just kind of want to bring her along. She flies free still, so you might as oh, well yeah. take advantage, you know. Yeah, it's so. fun. I know I have such fond memories of um, right after my fourth was born, I took him on two work trips with me. And though it made things like pretty complicated, um, especially the second one, because my husband stayed home. So like like with the kids, so like he we could I could have left him at home with my mm-hmm. husband. But I look back so fondly on those times because it was just so special to just tote him around with me. It is. I mean, even taking the kids to the Yeti 100 in the fall, I mean, it would have been easier to leave them at home with like my in-laws and they would have kept them for us. But, you know, at the end, when you look back at it, it was cool to have them there. You know, yeah, your older ones will remember it, especially your your seven-year-old. Yeah. And he's the one that shows like some interest in running. And so he's kind of into it. Like he's drawn a picture of like me and Camille Heron from the carbon X race. And he's like, listened to a couple, like that podcast I was on with an ultra runner podcast. He wanted to listen to it. And so, you know, I want to include him when I can. Yeah. Yeah. So when I can bring him along, even though it's so much more work and it can be stressful, it's, uh, you know, it's worth it. So that's so cute. I My kids hear me podcasting all day, every day, that if I was ever like, hey, do you want to hear me on this interview? They'd be like, no. <laughs> I'm good. Absolutely not. We hear you yapping yeah. into that mic all the time, mom. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so cute. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a good episode, by the way, too. That was, that was oh, fun thanks. to learn a little it bit more about your life. It was fun to be on. Yeah, it was fun to be on. I, I listened to his, too. So I'm a kind of a podcast junkie. I listen to a you lot of You got a lot of miles. <laughs> Yeah, that's I listen to them almost all the time on my runs and when I drive and stuff. So, Wait, so so since you don't double though, do you normally just knock out like ten miles most weekdays in the morning? Um, yeah, I'll do like anywhere between seven and ten okay. probably most weekdays, and then I'll do two like a lo- little bit longer runs on the weekends. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love that you just there's like I'm I don't double like that's just not no. I just can't. Get I used it to in. like I did when I before kids, you know. And yeah, you know, I just I'm not going to do that now. You know, one I don't really have time, and you know, I could probably like squeeze in like one or two doubles if I really. But it's like at that point, it's not worth it, and I'd rather just once I run in the morning and shower and work and it's like the rest of the time is just family time and I don't want to run again. So do you cook dinner or does your husband cook dinner? My husband is the cook. Uh, <laughs> um, so my husband doesn't work full time. Okay. We kind of have a, he's um, a most of the time stay at home dad with our kids. He does have a part-time job where he, um, he works like three evenings a week after I get home. So it can get a little chaotic because he yeah. kind of goes to work after I get home. And then I'm with the kids by myself, um, not every night, but three evenings during the the week. It's a good percentage um, but, of the week. Yeah. Yeah. But so he works about like 10 to 15 hours a week. Um, but during the day, he stays home with the kids. Wow. So um, yeah. So he, yes, he is 
cooks, I would say 95% of the wow, time. Wow, how cool. He's a better cook than me and he enjoys it. And yeah, he just, he's taken that over. Um, once he stopped working full time after our second son was born. So since then he's been doing most of the cooking. So I'm pretty lucky in that regard. That is so cool. I love mm-hmm. hearing about a stay at home dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's worked out for us. We've been doing it now. Let's see since Jacob was born. So about four years, it's been a while now. And so we're kind of in a good groove with it and it's not without its challenges like anything else, but I'm really thankful that, that he does it and he, he does a good job and, you know, we don't have to shuttle the kids around to a million different places all the time. Okay, Nicole. Well, We'll wrap up here. What's something professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you have not done yet? Uh, Personally, I would like to, as my kids get older, I would like us to go to as many of the national parks as we can. Um, I have a poster on our wall downstairs of all the national parks, and I would really like to, uh, you know, travel with them and go see all the parks. It's they're still a little bit too young for it, I think, right now. Um, but that's definitely a family goal. Um, uh, professionally in terms of, uh, running goals and stuff. I mean, I don't consider myself a professional runner, but I would like to actually get into doing a little bit of coaching, um, for running. That's kind of been a goal of mine for a while. And I, I really would like to do that. Um, and then I would just like to, you know, do some more trail races, like on the West coast, some of the bigger ones and, like Western states and, and see how those shake out. When you are training for these like longer ultra distances, how often are you throwing in like major speed into your runs? I do like one like tempo or speed workout a week normally on Thursdays. And then I'll do some strides on other days and like a long run. But I'd say I do one like workout, workout a week. Okay. And do you keep the rest of the miles just like just conversation pace for the most part. Yeah. Other than like throwing in some speedier strides and, and uh-huh. like the middle of a easy run, but otherwise, yeah, I keep them, you know, fairly comfortable. Otherwise, what's your fairly comfortable, easy pace? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it varies. Um, I would say like anywhere, like I would say my average, like easier, comfortable pace is like seven and a half minutes. Yeah. Which makes sense if you ran that for 62 miles. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not easy for 62 miles, but but like for for seven. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it's normally anywhere between, I mean, I do vary my pace like day to day, depending what I'm trying to do, but anywhere between seven minutes and like eight minutes is like a normal daily run pace, depending on the day and all that kind of thing. Okay. Um, where, where'd you get the poster? The National Parks Post. Oh, I ordered it online. I don't know. I think I saw some bad for it. Yeah. Okay. I kind of want to get it too. I don't. And and you're right. Like, I feel like until they're out of the toddler years, like it's, you can do it. You can. But like, it'll be more fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. My son, like my four-year-old would just probably, I want him to be able to hike and not be laying in the middle of the trail, like 10 meters down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we'll probably have to wait a few years for that, but. Um, I definitely want to do it as they get older. It's so funny, though, how different kids are, because I, 
I, I think that with our second, we really aged him up because he had two little brothers when he wasn't even four yet. Like he, um, when I had Sandy, he was three and a half. So like that, we like treated him like he was so much older than he is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember the summer he was four and a half, we would go on family bike rides. So it wasn't this summer, it was the summer before. And so my husband and I would ride and my husband would pull the little two in the trailer and my big two would ride their bikes up to um, a neighborhood called Broad Ripple. It's three miles up there, though. And he would ride his bike with no training wheels at four and a half, three and a half miles up, three and a half miles back. Yeah, that's impressive. Very. I know. Like, I don't think <laughs> I realized it at the time. Yeah. But my four-year-old yeah. now, my my number three guy who's four now, not in a million years would oh, he, yeah. he wouldn't do yeah. a half a mile. <laughs> like, yeah, my my son that's four, he's uh he's pretty stubborn and he's like he's like I'm like, You wanna go for a hike? He's like, No. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> he's like, I'm tired. I'm like, You're never tired when I want you to be yes. tired. But yeah, my older son is more um the seven year old is more like he'll go for a hike or, you know, whatever. But yeah, Jacob, he's not there yet. And Madeline's, you know, 17 One months. And a half, so yeah. no, <laughs> she was not having it yet. So, well, I'm going to look into that poster. We have, we're doing this trying to a thousand hours outside thing um, with our kids, which is February has been really challenging. Uh, I'm like seeing mm-hmm. all these other families. They're like, we're at 230 hours. I'm like, that's because you live in California. <laughs> I know it's not fair, <laughs> um, but we have this massive poster where we color in our outside hours and I'm like, oh, the national park poster would be super cute by that. Yeah, out in the garage. I, yeah, I really want to get, I really want to hit some of those parks. So that's I'm awesome. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you mentioned you do devotionals in the morning. What devotional are you doing right now? Um, right now I'm actually doing one. I do them online, uh, with some late, some girls that I met through, um, like a mom's group at our church. And so you can, you know, read the same devotional together and then you can all kind of respond just on online. Um, so it's called like arrows. It's, it's about motherhood and, and things. And, you know, it just gives you like verses to, to think about in a devotional and then everyone can kind of respond and it's nice cause you can just do it from home and feel connected. Um, cause the mom's group hasn't been happening in yeah. you know, the past year. So, Oh, that's so cool. The, they're probably yeah. all like, um, Oh, there's Nicole like sending her message at 4am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My message goes through at like three fifty eight. you know, <laughs> Um, what other, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Um, I'm currently reading, um, Bravey by Alexi Pappas, Mm -hmm. which is really good. I'm not done yet. I'm about halfway through. Um, and I just read prior to that, I read Push by Tommy Caldwell, the climber. Oh, is it good? Um, yeah, it was really good. I like autobiographies and mm-hmm. biographies a lot. So I tend to kind of gravitate towards those. So those are the last couple that I read and they're they're both really good. Oh, cool. I want to read that book, both of them. Um, okay, who's someone fun, motivating or inspiring that you'd like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Hmm. So someone that um, I've heard on a lot of podcasts and I just think she sounds so so sweet and I just like love her perspective on life is um Sally McRae that mm. yeah I've heard her on your podcast I've heard her on multiple podcasts and you know just I like talking to other moms and I just love her positive attitude 
Um, and I just think she has an interesting story. So I think it would be cool to meet her and have, you know, coffee, coffee together. So she, she is the real deal. I, yeah, just, I mean, I just the real love, deal. yeah, I really connect with a lot of like her Instagram posts about just, you know, motherhood and life. And, and so I think she'd be awesome to, to meet in real life. Yeah, I see Sally as like, man, she she's like a mentor to you, even though like she might not actually be one on one mentoring you. I feel like a lot of people probably um, get that from her. And I also think that, man, Sally is one of those people that like if I just picked up my phone and called her tomorrow and was like, Sally, like this is happening to me. Like, you know, what should I do? Or like, I don't know, just needed support. She would just answer and like, yeah, give you her time. Respond. Yeah. Yes. She seems so genuine, you know, like, obviously, I don't know her in real life. But I just I think she seems so genuine. So I think that's who I would like to, yeah. to have some coffee with. Um, okay. And then what am I missing? Oh, what's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Well, um, (laughs) that's, that's a good question. I am, uh, I'm, of course, I mean, I know a lot of people say it. I am proud of, you know, my family Mm -hmm. and and having my family, you know, we had to do IVF to have all of our kids. So they did. Yeah. So they didn't come super easy to us. So, you know, I am proud of, kind of going through that and that we have, you know, three beautiful kids that, you know, are everything to us. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, and yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with that. That's my, that's my biggest accomplishment, I think. So many layers to your story that nobody knows about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. I haven't talked about that much publicly, but yeah, we had to do IVF for all three of our kids. So there's been a lot of ups and downs with that, but we are blessed that we were able to have our whole, our whole family that way. So, yeah, it's one of those things that when you talk about having kids and, you know, trying to plan your family and all that, like you have no idea what the other person, what I think about that a lot on this podcast, because um, we had two miscarriages. I had two miscarriages before my first son and like, from those experiences, like, ah, it's it's so, like, nailed in my brain that, like, man, you just really don't know what someone else is going through to yeah, make this happen. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, yep, yep. And I so. can imagine if it's a struggle, like, how you just kind of want to, like, not follow people that have lots of kids or not hear all this parenting talk because mm-hmm. when you're in it and that's all you want – it's hard to hear about from other people. Yeah. I'm always aware of that too. Like when I, you know, I'll post about my kids and things and, but then I always kind of think in the back of my head, like, Oh, you know, like I feel bad doing that sometimes. Cause you know, there's people out there that are, you know, like, Oh, they want that so bad. And, you know, I was in that situation for a while. And so I, I always try to be aware of that and, you know, help other people out. I've given them some advice with other people that have had fertility struggles and, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. What is your message that you want to leave with our audience today? Um, I think it's just that, you know, like just you were uniquely made, like we all are different and we're all uniquely made and not everyone's path looks the same. And it's like, just be strong in following who you were made to be. And it's like, you're the mom your kids need you to be, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in comparison and like, am I doing enough or am I doing too much or, you know, whatever, like too much of the running and, you know, all that kind of thing. But 
you know, I think that we were all made the way we are for a reason and just to, you know, embrace that. And, um, you'll be exactly who like your loved ones need you to be. If you just live out your passions and your purpose in life. I think I needed to hear that. That's why I love asking that question. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so easy to, to compare. (laughs) So it's best to just like live, live out who you were meant to be because that's where you're going to find your best self. I think. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm glad my sister, uh, you know, uh, wrote that review and, um, I'm honored to be on your show. I've listened to most of your shows for quite a long time. So you. you do a great job. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Nicole, for coming on the show and sharing your story. Don't forget to go check out Beam, everybody. BeamTLC.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your order. That's anything but the starter pack. I highly recommend their Dream Blend and then all of their hydration line. So good. You can find additional content from me over on Patreon. I record episodes almost every week there now, and I just dropped an episode this past Wednesday with my husband, Glenn. Those give you a little peek, little inside peek into our lives, and we have a lot of fun over there. So that's patreon.com slash lindsayhine. Thanks for being here. Next week, I have an episode coming out with Ryan Hall. That's a good one. So stick around for that. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss it. Have a wonderful Friday, a great rest of your weekend, and as always, I will see you next Friday.